0: See. And we're on. Okay, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Recruiting Live, the Blue Wave Podcast, covering everything talent acquisition, recruiting, employee engagement, and uh, everything people stuff. Uh, today, we've got a really cool episode and a really cool guest with Liz Hyman, VP of People and Culture at a incredible startup here in Orlando, High Key. um, going to talk to us specifically about how she's created a very dynamic experience and dynamic um, set of strategies for recruiting for such a high-tech and fast-moving uh, company here in town and uh, obviously doing it very successfully from what I hear. Um, welcome, Liz. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks for having me, Joey. Really glad to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about High what you do there, and what it means to be the VP of People and Culture.
1: Yeah, so High Key is a better-for-you snack brand um, that makes low-carb, mm-hmm. sugar-free snacks that are just as good as the original. So our top-selling product is our uh, chocolate chip cookies. Um, that was kind of our, our first initial home run product. <laughs> we uh, launched that back in March of 2019, and uh, right after launch became one of the fastest-growing uh, the number one selling chocolate chip cookie on Amazon. Um, So that's kind of what we're known for, what we call breaking the internet with that launch. Insane. (laughs) Um, It's been just uh, extreme hyper growth ever since.
0: Tell me a little bit about that. So you've been with the company um, quite nearly from the start, definitely from the start. You you worked with the group that founded the company previously at another sister organization. Um, doing HR and talent acquisitions, so, right? And you got into high as they sort of emerged. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I worked with um, AJ Patel, High founder and co-CEO for about five years, um, starting numerous e-commerce brands in the health and wellness space. So the first was InstaNatural, a skincare brand. And then um, some of the other ones, Zesty Paws, Zenwise Health, um, and then there were also a couple, a couple other smaller ones. So yes, we've, uh, been on the journey for quite some time, probably about two and a half or no, it's probably about three, over three years ago, um, where AJ, um, had a concept for a low carb sugar-free chocolate chip cookie. Um, as he started the keto diet, I remember, um, you know, he started the keto diet, uh, Uh, tried every product on the market and just thought it was all garbage. And, you know, being the entrepreneur that he is, said I'm going to solve this problem and uh, found John Gibb, our other founder who was able to actually create this chocolate chip cookie and um, launched it on Amazon, really just seeing the white space in that keto and low carb market. Originally launching as just a keto snack brand. And um, it just grew way bigger than we thought and evolved into this more low carb, sugar free um uh cookie company so it's 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 been really exciting seeing the evolution of all of these brands and um key is definitely the fastest growing one that we've built thus far
0: that's fantastic so give us an outline of the scope of the team right now how big is it what type of roles there are and then uh tell me what does the future look like i know you guys are in quite a high growth mode right now obviously with all of this organic success which is tremendous and congrats on that Um, And then we can kind of dive into how you're putting together a strategy that's been successfully recruiting for all these really talented people.
1: Yeah. So at the the beginning of 2019, you know, it was me, AJ, uh, his executive assistant and his uh, e-commerce, VP of e-commerce, and then just our uh, other founder out in Portland making the actual cookies. Um, So about, you know, five or six employees, uh, we now have 82 on board. Um, uh, at our last team insane. meeting, I did a little recognition. How many have we hired in the first four months of the year? We hired 30, 30 people the first. In
0: 2021.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: That's insane. What is on the docket now? Uh, you have a similar amount of hires for the rest of the years. All right.
1: Yeah, uh, we are probably slowing down a little bit. We had a lot more <clears throat> on the front half of the year with, you know, our extreme growth. Um, we've been behind on hiring. So it's always, you know, uh, So we've um, gotten a little bit better about being proactive with hiring. So probably uh, this time last year, we did a little bit more projections to say, hey, what do we think we're going to hire? So it gave me a little bit more time um, to start on that. So um, we might be slowing down, but I I can't promise that because AJ is a serial entrepreneur and he um, is about to launch another brand in June. So if that takes off, we'll go through the same exact journey again.
0: That's fantastic. Well, tell me, how have you done it? We've discussed in some of our calls previously, you sort of have a very dynamic strategy and approach to recruitment uh, with your own efforts included utilizing some technology, utilizing some specific job boards for specific jobs. Uh, Obviously, you're building out a team yourself underneath you and I've had a team in the past that is uh, in-house recruiting, as well as utilizing vendors and third party uh, people to help with specific sets of roles. And I'm uh, curious, we'll dive, of course, into uh, a bit how you manage that i know is sort of the topic for today but how did you create this strategy how dynamic is it where are you seeing most of the fruit uh, coming from all this labor
1: yeah my strategy is extremely dynamic it's a lot of test and see what works and um you know the environment of recruiting has changed a lot so my strategy a year ago is very different than what it looks like today. You know, uh, a year ago, I had tons of people applying, maybe not a ton of qualified applicants, but it was really hard just to funnel through all the applicants to find the ones that were were, uh, really a fit for the role. Um, Whereas now, I have uh, way less people coming into the funnel. So my strategy is is way more focused on increasing the number of candidates that I'm, um, of course, qualified candidates that I'm getting into the funnel. Um, So my strategy is shifting um, a lot more to a more proactive approach and really utilizing LinkedIn um, to create a community and a following, um, especially in the food and beverage and, you know, industry specific, uh, specifically related to high key. Um, so that it doesn't take as long, um, to fill roles. Um, and, you know, we have been using quite a few vendors, quite a few recruiters. I probably worked, um, with, you know, 10 to 12 recruiters over, uh, different roles throughout last year, because we have had such a hard time getting candidates. Um, and when I talk to those recruiters, a lot of the strategy is, is on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's interesting. I know a lot of people have had to lean to a more specialized and third-party approach. Uh, from exactly what you said, it's not—it's uh, not just you guys that's seeing such a, I guess, drought in candidates applying, a drought in activity on the job market, and. Uh, feeling like in one of the more urgent hiring times we've ever had <laughs> that no one is out there and no one's really looking for a job so you got to be one very proactive about it and two take very creative or um, you know extra approaches that um, are, are going to help supplement that how do you go about it so I guess our topic for today is successfully working with recruiting vendors to supplement a lot of these hirings exactly what you've done and clearly you've seen a lot of success in it. Um, how many of those hires 31 this year did you get from recruiters how do you vet people i know you've got sort of a method for not just using a bunch of recruiters and letting everyone represent you in all sorts of different ways but you use very specialized recruiters or vendors or third parties to work on very certain wrecks that you have in different business units how do you vet and how you organize on that
1: yeah um a lot of the the vetting comes from referrals so people that have already used these recruiters for specific roles um you know luckily we have brought on our a- experienced C-level team and they have recruiters in their network mm-hmm. that um, they, they work with. And we've had a lot of success working with people um, within the network. So, um, you know, when I'm trying to fill a supply chain role, um, I definitely uh, try to work with recruiters that either one focus on supply chain or one um, have really deep roots in the food and beverage industry. Um, So we have that relatable experience. Um, And then, you know, marketing recruiters, I'm going to use totally different set of recruiters for more marketing and sales and revenue generating roles than I would for those more operations-based roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess sort of a common theory when you're working with a number of recruiters is, I guess in the space is when you have so many people representing your brand, it's very easy to have someone misrepresented. How have you been able to combat that or maybe you haven't even seen that at all because you've vetted. So uh, I guess acutely with everyone, what have you seen in that front?
1: Um, so it's one, you know, educating uh, the vendor. Um, you know, I do have very adept conversations with them. I'm super um, transparent with them on, uh, you know, this candidate said this, this is not accurate. So I want to make sure I'm educated you because a lot of that's on me. Um, And then two, really creating that relationship with that vendor um, so that not only they know what I'm looking for, but they understand our culture and the uniqueness of the culture and the hyper growth stage that we're in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And who have you seen, I guess, not specifically like stand out, what attributes and characteristics of these firms do you think sets apart the more successful people from the lesser so?
1: Uh, The ones that are, you know, super growth-minded that when I give them, you know, feedback and I'm like, nope, this is not on the mark. This is what I'm looking for. They're like, got it, Liz. I'm ready to go. And they go on that hunt and, and, and search for it. Um, Whereas some vendors I've worked with when I give feedback will kind of, but, but no, you don't understand. Let me force this this is, this is uh, you know, why e- you want this person. So I think it's yeah. are, are really open to feedback and really growth minded and just flexible in their approach. You know, our needs are ever changing. So sometimes I might start uh, a search and then, you know, three months in, actually, we really don't need this. We need to tweak it to this. So just yeah. be flexible um, with our ever changing business needs is, you know, we're growing so quickly, we say, uh, you know, three months at key is uh, equal to a year in another organization.
0: It's like dog years. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, um, what are you doing? I mean, in terms of internal management of your candidates coming inbound, coming outbound, uh, all things like that. Do you have technology set up to manage a lot of these vendors, all these candidates? Do you have an ATS? Um how are you organizing guys all these interviews that I'm sure you're doing a hundred of them a week. It sounds like.
1: Yes. Um, we have an ATS system. Um, previously it was only one or two people working on it. So, uh, as we brought on our new recruiter this week, we actually just went through the new processes. Uh, we need to set up now that there's going to be quite a few people. We currently use uh, bamboo HR, um, for our, um,
0: Okay, that's awesome. Um, I guess um, long term is sort of our our last question here. How do you see this model working? I know with your hiring, maybe slowing down, maybe not a little bit. Do you plan to still lean on a lot of different vendors in a supplemental way? Are you moving towards, of course, you just hired someone this week, uh, building a a larger and, and I guess more dynamic internal team what do you think is gonna be the success long-term, especially in sort of this really weird market right now where it's going back and forth so often?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I of course, bringing on a recruiter, hope to be able to source more roles without third party vendors. However, I think there will always be a need just because the special niche, um, you know, of our industry. And as we continue to grow um, the need for that specialized, those specialized skills become even more important. At the beginning we yeah. need jack with all trades. Now, yeah. now as we grow, we need those those specialists, the people that have been there and done that and who yeah. can plus, you know, I've been there, I've done that. This is what you need to do because you know, this is the first time for for AJ and I as, you know, we continue to grow this um, yeah. after the of the other.
0: So. That, is, that is true. You've been through all the different stages and I, I love maybe we can dive a, a bit deeper in that. Um, it's so much different hiring when you're, of course, four people, five people, even 10 or 20 to now, what, 80, nearing 100 people probably by the end of the year. It's a completely different skill set, even for the same role, quote unquote, same title, we'll call it. <laughs> How have you been able to like vocalize that to the world and, and I guess uh, adjust your strategies to compensate for the differences type of person. Is it something you're doing in the search process or just something in the screening process, all the above? Uh,
1: uh, All of the above, you know, from a a funnel process, we could use more local recruiters at the beginning to source roles because they, again, trades. as we get bigger, I'm using more specialized firms that are in Food and & Bev and have that experience that are not necessarily in Orlando. We've had to actually open up and, and uh, be more flexible and allowing for um, remote roles. And you know, the screening process previously was really more focused on you know, culture fit. And if they, they are up for this fast paced startup environment, where now it's, we, we still do very strong culture um, screening because that's super important. Um, but we also have this other piece where we really have to make sure that they have the special skills that we need to fill the gaps that we have. Um, Cause right now it is really gaps and finding experts in these fields so we can continue to grow super fast.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. What is your culture screening look like? I'm, I'm kind of curious, obviously that's very important to a lot of people, but um, A lot of people say it's very important to them, uh, but they don't have a very dedicated process for scoping that out. They just do like what I call the vibe check, which is pretty subjective sometimes. Do you have something a bit more formal or something a bit more direct that you do to sort of pull that out?
1: Yes, we do have um, a personality assessment that they complete upfront. Again, not used as an indicator on whether they're a cultural fit. It's really used more for me as a screening tool Uh, that I can use to help show me "Mm, they're stressful (laughs) really really low I need to assess this to see if they are fast-paced stressful environment
0: Um,
1: so we have that on the front end and then all of the HR questions are really focused around our core our core values Um, and you know growth mindset whether they have the growth mindset You know, whether we have the type of environment that will uh, really satisfy them and help them uh, meet their career goals for their career path.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think that's more important than ever nowadays with such a volatile market with people throwing out very large salaries and benefits and uh, remote work and all sorts of craziness that you never had to compete with before. Uh, But I think down at the foundation of it, um, not just for employee attraction and recruitment, but for retention, engagement, and keeping people growing long-term. Um, it really is about creating a fulfilling experience and, and making them feel like they're adding <laughs> to this greater sum of, of something else, You know, building something and engaging in it and, and being an engineer to this business that is doing something great for the world or has some sort of mission or in some cases just allows them to um, satisfy their own personal missions outside of work too.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's been extremely important our career search. Uh, we've had uh, a couple candidates that we've lost, not because of salary, but because, you know, other other uh, organizations we're having the CEO talk to them and and really see yeah. career goals so we've definitely made a huge pivot in our uh, how we approach candidates and it's uh, almost more about selling them than interviewing them in the process and really um, digging in finding out what they want for their career and and um, showing them that we have that to offer at Hikee.
0: I love it. Well, um, I know we're kind of wrapping up on time. I got one more question that I think we could dig into deeply. Um, What is your advice for someone that is maybe a new recruiter or HR leader uh, in a growing business similar to Heike that is trying to implement this dynamic process (laughs) to recruitment, employee attraction, and retention? Um, It's very daunting to think about all these different avenues that you not only should have, but need to have nowadays to be able to attract the top talent, engage the top talent to um, you know, keep that ball rolling <laughs> that you guys have done so successfully over there. And congrats to all that. W- what do you do to get started in that? And how do you, I guess, manage your life in <laughs> doing that?
1: You know, I, my best advice is to be flexible and adaptable. You know, As you test things, see what works and, and pivot. Um, with what doesn't work. Um, you can't just use the same strategy and expect it to continue to to work. And, um, you know, when you need help to reach out to third party vendors and, and get that help, because uh, sometimes no matter how hard I try and how many LinkedIn searches I, I have, I don't necessarily have the network or connections within that new field or industry or role. Um, so I do have to lean on that third-party vendor to, to really um, reach out into their network.
0: Why do you think people are resistant to that sometimes? Uh, uh, tell me. I know there's sometimes a stigma around it.
1: Um, I, I, one is just going to be the, the fee. You know, everyone wants to say, I saved a recruiting fee. <laughs> I found someone. Um, so I think um, that, is, that is one of the, the, the big pieces of it. And a lot of people, I think, think, well, you know, how, what are they doing differently than me? And um, you know, sometimes it's not what they're doing differently. It's just the, the networks and connections that that recruiter has.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is fantastic, Liz. Thank you again for joining us. Um, this is an awesome episode, Recruiting Live. Everyone, thank you for listening. Um, where can the people find you, if they can, uh, on LinkedIn? Can they connect, ask you questions about what we just discussed at all?
1: Yes, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, any other plugs you want to throw out? <laughs> Congrats on all the success to, to you and to Aiki, and uh, obviously, I'm confident it's going to continue (laughs) through the rest of this year.
1: Thanks, Joey. I I sure hope so. And definitely, yes, connect with me on LinkedIn and follow High Key as well.
0: All right. Thanks so much.